couple of things strike me as I think about Pentecost. Um, it was interesting in the reading that uh, Linda shared with us. Uh, and the image that stuck with me is, is one that my children tell me is true about me often. Uh, when we'd be eating dinner, you know, uh, as recently as in the last couple of months, all of us around the table when Hannah was in town, we were sitting there. And one of the things that uh, uh, I was told is if anything ever happened to Linda, we know what you would do, Dad. You would become a hermit or a monastic. We would, you'd go and join a group. You would, you, you would go off by yourself, and it, you know, that's what you would do because that's the spirit you have. And I do think that we have kind of glorified that spirit. I think part of my desire at various points in my life to be in that kind of place is because we have glorified as somehow specially spiritual the people who go off by themselves in the desert or uh, who join a monastery or a convent and they are glorified as religious people who are sacrificing so much to be a part of a community and to kind of go that journey by themselves, but they don't go the journey by themselves. And the truth is, without this community of people and the larger community of people who have passed through these doors and who haven't ever passed through these doors, I wouldn't be who I am. Now, one of the concerns I have about Pentecost is, you know, once a year, on the last day of the Easter season, day 50 of the Easter season, just in case you wondered, how do they pick Pentecost 50 days after Easter? And it's the very end of the Easter season. It's the last Sunday in Easter. At the very end of that season, we have this celebration that the church was born. I've been in churches. Heck, I, I, I was the pastor of churches and encouraged people to get a great big birthday cake. The church was born. It's 2,000 years old, whatever. Light a few candles, blow them out, and whoop-de-doo, we've celebrated it. Now let's just go back to normal life. And you see, Pentecost is not about normal life. Pentecost is about setting you free to use the gift you were given and releasing it into the world. Not just for us. You know, we talk about the body of Christ as a place building each other up. Part of what builds us up is, I got this preachy thing going on. Sometimes it's pretty good, sometimes it's okay, sometimes not so much, but you tolerate the not so much days with the hope that one of these days it'll be okay, at least, and maybe pretty good some other times. That preachy thing works for me. I, 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 there are times I just as soon not do it. As the week rolls to an end, every week it's like, I have got to say something. What is it going to be? And I keep asking that question, but I know this is what I'm supposed to do. So I do it. And it builds up the body. It builds up the body. But I have found that even more deeply within the gift within me that the Spirit wants to release is love. I, I, I kind of love you all. In fact, I don't just kind of love you all. I really love you all. 
I wish I could make all of your lives better. I wish that I could make your lives simpler. I wish I could take the grief that you feel in this broken world. That's what this gift, but how do you release that? How do you release those gifts that you have? And it's that fire, that passion, that spirit. Because you see, God gave you a gift already. You are a gift. As if you have not seen Encanto, uh, it's a wonderful story. The very end, we see the grandmother finally realize that the miracle is you. It's not the gift you have. It's you as the person you are. You are each a gift. And you have specific ways of manifesting that gift in this world. And what Pentecost is about is saying, hey, get out there. Not as a lone ranger, not in a hermitage somewhere. I'm not saying some people aren't called to that hermitage thing, but most of us aren't. Most of us are set free to go into a world where people can't even talk to each other if they don't agree 100% anymore. I want to read to you just a piece of the Pentecost story. It comes to us from Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. And I'm just reading the very beginning part of it. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they all met in one room. Suddenly they heard what sounded like a violent rushing wind from heaven. The noise filled the entire house in which they were sitting. Something appeared to them that seemed like tongues of fire. These separated and came to rest on the head of each one. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as she enabled them. Ultimately, if we read the rest of the Pentecost story, we hear how everyone who was around could hear in their own language. And that their language must have been worthy of honor because God gave the gift that they would speak in languages so they could hear one another. So the good news could be proclaimed. So that love could be shared wherever it went. Now, it's interesting to me, we live in a world where um, we speak... Many of us speak a language. In this country, a lot of us speak English. And yet we don't hear each other. Speak the exact same language. But when I talk it to some people and they talk it back to me, we are not hearing each other. The gift of the Spirit is meant to break down walls and open doors. And if the doors won't open, crack open the windows so that this spirit of love can break out into the world. And yet when I look around, it's really, really hard to see the spirit of love breaking out in the world. And you know whose fault that is? It's ours. It's ours. We're the church. And lots of people claiming to be the church. You and I have got to set love free in our lives. You can't set it free for everybody, 
but you can set it free for you. Wherever you find yourself in life, you can be the love that somebody needs to receive. And they might just need it in the words that you share with them. They might just need it in you sitting with them. I had the opportunity last week to just sit with someone who needed somebody to sit with them. Didn't have a lot of wise words to say. I know that you find that hard to believe. Not that I didn't have wise words to say, but that I didn't at least have words to say because, hey, Mr. Loquacious here, chat, chat, chat. But the bottom line is I just sat because that's really all I had. And I think in the end that's all that the person needed. Someone to sit so that they knew they weren't alone. But in a busy, busy world, there's not a lot of sitting. And when we are sitting, we're sitting at a computer screen. Or we are uh, sitting in some other uh, distracted form. We are not present in that moment. That's why we keep practicing this presence thing. Because in order for you to release your gift, you have to be where you are. I can't release the gift of love tomorrow. Not right now, I can't. Maybe tomorrow I will be able to, but if I don't do it now, who's to say I'll even have it to give away tomorrow? And I may be really regretting that I didn't release it differently yesterday. But living in that regret from yesterday doesn't make the love I give right now any better. You see, Pentecost is about saying, you are the church. You. You have the fire. You have the spirit. God's presence is upon you. It's not something that happened 2,000 years ago that we just celebrate like it's a done deal. God's creative energy is still at work in the universe. I made a big deal of it several times recently with the young adults I was working with uh, through Appalachia Service Project, but I'll make it one more time. The beginning of the book of Genesis does not say in the beginning when God created the heavens and earth as if God was finished. That is not the verb that's used. It's the way it was translated into English, and I grew up with it. So I lived with an idea that it's done. But if it's done, how are we even here? Where is the creative force that made you and me? The good news is that even in the original language, it is not a finished product. In the beginning, when God began creating the heavens and the earth, and you're a part of the ongoing creation. I'm a part of the ongoing creation. Everyone you run into is a part of God's ongoing creativity. And we've got to find creative ways to continue to let that love unfold. We're supposedly advancing and evolving. But it seems like the only thing we're evolving really well is new ways and better ways to kill each other. And I can't believe that's what God hoped. God hoped we would learn to love each other. 
that we would see beyond our, our differences, that we would celebrate those differences. God certainly does. A God who doesn't celebrate differences would never have made a platypus or a giraffe or a great white shark or an ant or a butterfly. Boy, God loves diversity. God loves diversity. Why can't we be more like God? That's what God wants for us. Why do you think the Spirit is a part of what's burning in our bones? God wants us to love what God loves. And you know what that is? Everything. Everything and everyone. And if we poured that love out more freely, I am convinced, I am convinced the necessity of hurting each other for our moment of fame or in our pain would lessen. Because love is God's healing power in this world. It is the connective tissue in everything. Spirit is that subtle energy God is pouring out in every moment if we only pay attention and release it. We think that Pentecost was all about what God did, and in a way it is. But what God did was open us to release the gifts God had given us. God doesn't work apart from us, although I suppose God does. But God's not a solo act. Even God, the God of the universe, is not a solo act. Christians believe in the Trinity, an ever outpouring love, one into another, that ultimately became us. We are the hands and feet of God in this world. What is the passion that God's Spirit is calling out in you? What will light the fire in your soul? Well, it's already burning if we listen to Dr. B. It's already burning. What will release that fire into the world to bring healing and hope and possibility and safety and warmth to others around us? What will it take for us to take the risk that God took in becoming one of us? Because that's what Pentecost asks us to do. The resurrection was the beginning story 50 days ago. Now God uses the new life story to pour new life out through us into a world that needs it. It needs it. I want to challenge all of you to find ways to make your love real this week, real. Not just some warm, fuzzy feeling in your heart, but how will you let your gift release it into the world? How will you release it? I met about 90 young adults over the last couple of weeks 
who over this summer through Appalachia Service Project will be helping volunteers release their gifts to make homes warmer, safer, and drier. They are releasing their gifts, their inspiration, their energy, their passion into the lives of people in Appalachia. I hold them in high esteem, but I hold all of you in high esteem too because you are all gifted people. Do you hear me? You are all gifted people. And God has gifted you so that you might release that gift into the world. How will you be God's love this week? And then into the future. One of the things we like to do at St. James is to pray. At least I like to do it, and so I inflict it upon you. Uh, I suspect you like praying too, opening yourself up to God's presence in your life, feeling the fire, feeling the love, the acceptance because of who you are. So when we pray together, we we take a moment of silence, I pray aloud, and then we pray together. So just a couple of updated reports. I want to invite you to keep um, David and Donnie in our prayers. David has gone back into the hospital. He's getting better, but he had to go to the hospital, um, and so we're gonna keep David in our prayers. I would love for us to continue to keep Dick and Doris in our prayers. Their son Craig died, and uh, being predeceased by your child is just rending. So I want us to pray for their healing and uh, strength um, in the midst of this loss. I want to pray for the Jet family, includes Mark Hayes, um, Linda, Catherine's mom died uh, and was, uh, the funeral was uh, the week before Mark came to preach for you all. Um, and he still came and brought fire from heaven in his voice, in his words. So I want to pray for them in the midst of their loss. I just want to pray for all of the loss. Uh, all of us eventually die, but this accelerated death that's happening in Ukraine and in funerals and in churches and in schools that's happening across our nation is a travesty. I am so tired of thoughts and prayers if they are not borne up by action. And yet we will pray. We will pray. And perhaps God will release whatever gifts there will be to change this brokenness. And that's I pray for all of the staffers at Appalachia Service Project and the work they'll do this summer and all the volunteers. Uh, 
and for all of you. Let's enter into a moment of silent prayer together. Here we are. Here we are. We pray that you'll send us in this world. We pray that we would have eyes to see what you're already doing in the world so that your spirit would embolden us, passion, uh, impassion us to do the work you've called us to. Every one of us is a gift, and every one of us has a gift. Pentecost is about releasing those gifts into the world so that we can speak love and that others can hear us speaking that love, and they can speak to us, and we can hear them speaking to us. We pray that this Pentecost walls will begin to fall, that love will begin to shine in and through us, that you will release us to be the church. You already have, but help us to know that release and to live that release in ways that might transform the world we live in. God, we pray for the people we've lifted up to you aloud and for those, the ones that are floating inside of us, the ones that we brought with us on our hearts, the ones that didn't get named in this space, but that we carry with us. Help us to be your people in this world. We ask it in the precious and holy name of one who was your person in the world, Jesus the same Jesus who modeled for us a prayer that we use now together. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.